Welcome to Real Parenting Stories, the podcast where we dive into the wild world of parenthood. I'm your host, Laurence, and in each episode, we'll hear from real parents sharing their experiences and advice on navigating parenting. So sit back, relax, and join us as we dive into the wonderful and sometimes messy world of parenting together. And we are back on the Real Parenting Stories. Today, I have a really special guest. I am with Rachel, and uh, she happens to be an OT, mm -hmm. right? Occupational therapist here in Santa Rosa. You also have two beautiful daughters. They are twins. They're six and a half now. So we're going to be talking about it quite a lot today and how it feels like to navigate parenthood uh, while having uh, two twins. And also you, uh, you have the support of your spouse and some family here. Mm -hmm. Correct. That's wonderful. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Wonderful. I'm so glad to have you. Um, so really, the, the first question that comes to my mind is, uh, well, can you tell us a little bit more about your journey as a parent and uh, fraternal twin girls? And, you know, how was the experience so far? Well, the experience is always evolving. I, I find that um, the first few years for me are a little bit blurry. You just kind of do what you have to do mm -hmm. to get through. Um, and so I think a lot of the best parts of it are kind of just starting. I think um, between age five and six is when things really started to get kind of fun and interesting. Um, but when <clears throat> my husband and I got pregnant, um, I knew nobody that had ever had twins. Um, so I I was a little naive, and I, I guess... Um, I didn't think that that could happen to me. Um, and so when we found out we were having twins, um, I remember we both laughed and mm -hmm. we looked for a hidden camera because <laughs> we really thought like we were being pranked. Um, so we ended up, you know, with twins and um, we knew that they were fraternal. They are considered die-die um, fraternal twins, so they did not share anything. So two placentas, two sacs, two cords. I uh, dropped multiple eggs, and they both got fertilized. Mm -hmm. and so that's how that happened for me. Um, so there wasn't really a thought that we would ever have identical twins because we knew right off the bat that they wouldn't be identical. But there was always this thought of um, after we had them, what what would it be like if they did look alike or if they were really similar? Um, and the moment they were born, we knew that how different they were. So they looked <laughs> what do you mean? Alike. Like they were giggling a different way or drinking um, their milk a different way? How so... Minute one, um, there was already a one to two pound weight difference. Um, so one of my daughters was six pounds, six ounces, and the other one was four pounds, 13 ounces. Um, and they've kind of ran with that ever since. Um, so the size difference and they look nothing alike. Yeah. Physically um, and... In terms of personality, personality, all of the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see. Um, so, you know, they 
they like each other, but they're also siblings, which is actually really interesting for us because I'm an only child. And so I played by myself a lot. I was very social. I had a lot of friends. Um, but I played by myself. Mm-hmm. And my husband's the middle of three. And so he's used to noise. He's used to chaos. He's used to multiple things going on at one time and that being normal. And he's used to the sibling banter. Um, and so, you know, we'll talk about it. But that that's, what that's been a, a challenge mm-hmm. because the things that kind of irritate me behavior-wise don't bother him at all. Yes. And then the things that bother him... Don't, don't bother, bother me. Yeah. So it's just been interesting. But they, they get along for the most part. Um, they have the same friends and they have different friends. Um, I noticed that when we're with our friends where they have two children and one is older and one is younger, one of our daughters will typically navigate towards the older kid and the other one will navigate towards the younger kid. And that kind of tends to be how it is. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned you played by yourself. Mm -hmm. How do you, well, and then your husband was used to play with his brother and sisters. Mm -hmm. So how do you think it carved you in, you know, playing by yourself? What do you think you have that your husband has that, you know, adventure versa? Yeah. Um, I'm very organized. Um, I... I'm very creative. I don't have the best imagination, um, but I can turn, you know, some sticks into something Mm -hmm. without really having to think about it a lot. Um, I like games and crafts and just stuff that I kind of did by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Not that he doesn't like that stuff, but that kind of tends to be like my calming, like a, give me a puzzle and a table and I'll sit there for a few days and I'm fine with that. <laughs> yes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And your husband, do you think he is, he doesn't do puzzle as much as you do or um, can you I think, tell the difference? Well, it's more so the, um, maybe the organization. Yeah. The chaos is okay. Yeah, the chaos is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I like to know where everything is because if it's not there, then I want to know what happened to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we talked about your girls and how completely different mm-hmm. they are from each other. But how do you think you embraced those differences? Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you just quickly how they're different um one is genetically me and one is genetically my husband so Mm -hmm. they've got like a six pound weight difference a two to three inch height difference Mm -hmm. one has blonde curly hair and blue eyes and the other one has brown straight hair um and green eyes and so um with those differences And my husband and I talk about this a lot. Um, And we don't play favorites by any means, but each one of us sort of navigate towards the kid that is exactly like us because Mm -hmm. we we understand them, at least currently. 
Whereas, you know, one of them is very high energy and one of them is very emotional and kind of more calm. And so if the daughter that's more like my husband is just having like a really rough night or anything like that and I'm putting them to bed, I have a lot harder time with her Mm -hmm. than he does. And then vice versa for the other one. Yeah. You know, and so we'll be putting them to bed and we'll te- be texting each other because we take turns putting them to bed, depending on our, our work schedule. Um, and so he'll be having a hard time with one of them and she's my easy one. And then I'll have a hard time with the other one. Mm. And she happens to be easier for him because they're similar. So it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But so what <laughs> I'm curious now, what kind of text do you send to each other? Hey. I can't put him to bed. Is it just to find a connection with someone that gets it? Or do you actually get uh, yeah. advice on how, how to do things? I think, I mean, it's evolved now. But in the beginning, when we would have a hard time with it, I think it was just kind of like, I don't know how else to handle her. Right. If, it, if this doesn't work for me and I can't continue to put her to bed, someone needs to tag team or, you know, take mm-hmm. turns or you come in and I'll leave or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes when you're just laying, I mean, our bedtime routine is not the best. It's not our favorite, um, but it, and actually it doesn't work for us. So we're working on it. Um, but um, I think sometimes when I'm just laying in there thinking about all the other things that I could be doing, He's the person I want to, you know, tell my frustrations to. Like, hey, you this know, I'm having hard. a hard time in here and this is not what I want to be doing right now or something like that. But it might just be me verbally stating it so that at least my feelings are heard, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And validate it, yeah. for sure. Uh, I really can't wait for people to see your picture with your <laughs> daughters because you can tell by looking at Yeah. At the picture, how different they are. This, there's one that is more like on the, as you said, more introverted, mm-hmm. and the other one is completely extroverted. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny picture. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay, so we talked about kindergarten, mm-hmm. right? So that was what they're. I'm not really sure in the U.S. I'm still learning the school differences mm-hmm. from France, but is it six years old when you get into kindergarten? That's a really good question. I'm not 100%. Five, six? Yeah, five, six. Okay. Yeah. So kind of first school experience. Yeah. We moved here in 2017 from the East Bay. Mm. And um, I had hired um, a nanny um, to work for us uh, before we moved here. Um, and so she has been with us since they were seven months old. She moved from. No, the... she lived here already. Oh, mm-hmm. so okay. Oh, I, you I moved from the her... East Bay. Mm-hmm. What? Where, where is the East Bay again? I mean, you um, mean like the East Coast? No, like um, oh. Walnut Creek, uh, oh. like uh, Berkeley, Oakland. Got it. Yeah, that area. Yeah. Was, okay, and she was already here. Yeah, she lived in Santa Rosa. Okay. So when we moved here, she started working with our family. Um, so she's been part of our family since they were seven months old. So six years. Um, so we had talked about putting them in like formal preschool and, um, when you have twins and you're trying to put them in the same preschool, 
they have to have two slots available, right? You can't, yep. you can't put one in time, and, yeah. you know, not the other one. So we were waitlisted at a Montessori school that we really liked for about a year. We finally got in. We were really excited. And then COVID happened. And they stayed open, totally fine. We hadn't started there yet. And unfortunately, the scheduling and the drop-off time and the pickup time and the days of the week didn't work for our family. And so we ended up backing out. Mm. So um, the girls were just home for that time. My husband and I are both essential workers, so we were working like normal. And so then transitional kindergarten TK time rolls around and we decided just to keep them at home and so we converted at the time we lived in Santa Rosa and we converted our office into like a school room for them and then um, our nanny taught them at home and she taught them how to read and Mm -hmm. um, do math and all that stuff so we felt very comfortable um, leaving them at home where that became a little bit of a challenge for us was that transition into kindergarten was a little hard for one of them um, because they hadn't experienced some of the social norms right they they would go to gymnastics or they would do stuff like that um, or indoor soccer but they they didn't have to raise their hand and wait in line and sit down and like there were certain things that they needed to learn and so um we were a little nervous well I was a little nervous about kindergarten for one of them which is mm-hmm. you know always hard because you're not also you're also not trying to compare your kids but um they're so different that I was you know, more concerned about how one would transition than the other, but they did great. So we made the decision to put them in two different classrooms because they're so different. We wanted them to just figure all of that out themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Do they still, so you said that they still had the nanny? Yeah. So, so um, we kept her with that, um, with us when they went to kindergarten um, because I just didn't want to lose her and she's a big part of our family and so she did pick up um, from school a couple days a week and then I would sort of kind of schedule like the sports and things like that maybe on those days so that it gave um, her and them something to do together and then they would they go to after school sometimes and My husband and I have some days of the week off, so then we pick them up on some days and kind of, you have to kind of piece it all together and navigate it, but um, she's still with us. Looks like you have a really special relationship with her. Oh yeah, she is um, 100% their second mom, and I do not have a problem saying that because Mm -hmm. um, it takes a tribe and... It's really, we feel very honored that she has been a part of our life mm-hmm. for this whole time. And, you know, she's she's older. She has, um, she's older than us. She has grown kids. And so um, I just really trusted her. And, you know, she would come to me with things like, hey, I use this on my kids and this is what worked for me. And, I, you know, I would say, yeah, let's run let's with run. it. Like, and it worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's pretty um, atypical that uh, she stayed with you for yes. so long, right? Because that's the big challenge right now. Child care yeah. is the turnover and, yeah. you know, losing people or them moving somewhere. It's always something. So I think it's a very special relationship. It is, yeah. And so I, I want to hold on to that. Sure. As, as, and if she ever listens to this, as long as she's willing to stay with us. But um, she loves those girls like her own. And it's a really special bond for sure. Love it. Yeah. So as we know, parenting is both rewarding and challenging. What can you start by sharing one of the, you know, those joyful moments that you uh, experience raising your twins? Yeah, I think that one of the first most joyful things I can think of, and I actually have a picture of the exact moment, which is interesting. I help people all day, every day. And I did that even before. I was a nanny before I was an OT. And so um, I've always been helping people. And so, um, but with my career, I get rewarded for that. Or, and I don't mean like... Um, Financially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I get rewarded with um, compliments or I get to see people get better. And that's a reward for me, right? And so my job is very rewarding. Um, I had a hard time when my kids were younger because I wanted that recognition for everything I was doing for them. I wanted, and I love you before they could say that I wanted a hug. <laughs> like I wanted something to where I felt, okay, like they know how, like what I'm doing for them or they know You know, Some feedback. Yeah, I wanted feedback. So I remember, um, you know, one of the first times they actually gave me, like, a, a hug with meaning. Mm -hmm. Like, running up to me and hugging me when I came home or something like that. And I was sitting in the hallway at our old house, and I have a picture of both of them hugging me. And I was like, okay, we're there, you know. And then... I love you and the that kind of stuff you know came after that but it was just it was in my own odd way it was validating that all this all this work that I put into these two little humans um they're starting to recognize it I guess you're right I it's very hard when you you, you first start being a mom because you literally I mean You can't have feedback from your newborn, right? Yeah. They literally depend on you, but mm -hmm. you don't know how great you are doing or mm -hmm. if you're doing something or changing something in their life. Obviously, you do, but yeah. it's a good reminder of that, that those moments postpartum are very difficult because of this lack of feedback. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and some of that might be just my personality traits because I'm so used to feedback from the things I put in to others. So I think once that started happening, mm. it felt better. I recently um, had, I think, one of the most joyful moments in the last six and a half years of my life, of their life with them. I just took them to their first concert. And um, two were big music people. Um, As playing in instruments, you mean? Um, Or just, just enjoying? Enjoying music, mm. listening, singing, dancing, um, 
I mean, we encourage playing music as well. Um, like we have a lot of, you know, we have a drum pad and um, keyboard and things like that. But we just were always listening to music. And so um, I took them to their first concert and to watch your kids truly rock out and enjoy themselves purely and sing songs at the top of their lungs. And it was definitely um, the best moment Mm. I think I've experienced um, as a parent, at least in a long time. What what artist? Uh, I took them to see Taylor Swift. That's (laughs) that's, a great choice, okay? We love... and Taylor, I had yeah. I worked really hard to make that happen for them, and they actually recognized that. Mm-hmm. And their behavior was so wonderful. I, I felt like they had recognized what that took to make it happen, and they were truly appreciative, which mm-hmm. was probably what made it more rewarding. Yeah, that's what the yeah. you guys share is this love of music, mm-hmm. and it's it's great. Mm-hmm. It's also because they're going to carry that through their life. Mm-hmm. You know, did you have this uh, uh, special connection through music with your own parents? Is there some music you listen to and say, oh, I remember I was 10? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember the first concert my parents took me to. Um, my dad would take me to, you know, pop concerts. Mm-hmm. My my dad passed away suddenly uh, before the girls turned three. And there are some music artists that my parents and I would listen to together. And um, one of them is Ed Sheeran. And so... Um, I'm taking my mom to see him. So we're we're continuing that the kind tradition. Of, yeah. We're just yeah. big into music. And that's so. a beautiful way to honor your dad. Mm-hmm. Uh because mm-hmm. you pass on this uh tradition mm-hmm. to your own kids and maybe who knows they will pass on the same tradition, mm-hmm. I'm sure. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so now let, let's talk about the tougher moments. How you manage to to find time for yourself, right? And your mm-hmm. spouse and your family uh to feel good. You know, we're, we are in a fortunate position to where we have help when we need it. And to me, um, it is worth paying someone for an extra hour or two at the end of the day so that I can go take care of myself. Hmm. Um, and so... Um, I run a lot. Um, My husband and I both exercise. And um, we also make it a point to do date night. Um, We like to, I mean, we schedule getaways. And if I need a break. I get to get away by myself and things like that. But I know not everybody's as fortunate to be mm-hmm. able to have that. What, how old were your twins when you started, you know, getting away from the house more often, you think? I have been <laughs> um, getting away from the house that, as soon as, yeah, as soon that, as I could. That's great. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah, what are those challenging moments you had? raising your twins 
if there's none that's fine too <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think it's the evolving behavioral stuff mm -hmm. behaviors emotions which we all go through but um i don't always have the easiest time with that i listen to people um complain which is valid in healthcare but right so i listen to oh, people yeah. complain no, i'm sure you do all day long all the time yeah um which is valid you have a high threshold to complaints well for adults yes okay for kids that's not different. so much yeah because i if i deal with it you know for eight plus hours during the day and then i go home I don't always have a lot of patience for the whining and the complaining um, and things like that. And so I'm working on having a little bit more patience. And I also have, I do have to keep reminding myself that there are six and a half uh, because they are um, much smarter than their age and so when I look at them unfortunately I have a tendency to expect them to behave a different way and so when they don't it frustrates me but when you look back at it the way that they're behaving is a hundred percent appropriate for their age I just view it differently because I see them as I just see them as knowing better and being older than they are. And so when they yeah. act their age, I I don't know. It's harder so, for me. Yeah. But also act your age is a is interesting sentence, right? Because sometimes I personally meet grown up that are toddlers inside, right? Yeah. They throw tantrums for yeah. small things. So uh, it's an interesting concept to what are you supposed to act like and, and what age, you know? Yeah. No, it's a good point. Uh, but the other thing you talked about was you hear a lot of complaints. Do you think this affected you when you go back home? Because you need to listen to more, pretty much. It's yeah. like overload of complaints. You know what Possibly. I'm saying? Possibly, yeah. So um, up until maybe a year and a half ago, I, was, I had taken on um, a different role. Um, for a different company and I was working close to six days a week. I was taking work home with oh, me. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you really are listening to a lot of people talking all day and then you get home and you have kids and you have a husband and he works with people, but he doesn't have to talk to people as much as I do. And so, you know, there would be, I mean, I think a lot of our, a lot of frustrations that had around, that had came about during that time was because if he would, if he wanted to talk about something and he felt like I didn't seem interested and mm -hmm. sometimes I wasn't because I just needed to be by myself. To take a break, yeah. And so until I learned that that was an issue and that it bothered him and now I'm able to say, I'm on my way home and I need 30 minutes to myself. Otherwise, I will not be able to function tonight. But I wasn't able to say that 
prior because I didn't know it was an issue yeah. between us. And so um, me being able to communicate like, hey, I need a few minutes. Um, and that's been helpful. Mm. So when I left that company um, and went back to work for who I work for now, um, I work three days a week. Currently, well, at this location, I, I work elsewhere, um, but um, this is not an ideal schedule for everybody, and I know that, but I work every other day. So I work Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm, so okay. for me, at the end of Monday, I know I get a break You tomorrow. get a, yeah, you, you And so I can 100% make it through my day, give every one of my patients my full attention, and then I'm actually more energized when I get home after work because I know I don't have to get up and do it again the next day. Mm-hmm. And so that shift in um, my work status has been very helpful for me being a little more present, me being a little bit more patient, a little bit more calm um, at home because I get a little more time than I definitely I got a lot more time than I was prior mm-hmm. um, so. what do you so I'm curious now what do you do on uh, Tuesday and wait Thursday Tuesday, Thursday 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 I work at a different facility um, okay and it's um, a different um, so occupational therapy um, has a very broad uh, span of things that you can uh, areas you can work in and so um, I work at a uh, long-term acute care facility, which is very different than what I do in my normal career. Um, And so having a little bit of that um, change of pace, change of patient caseload, diagnoses, things like that, that can also be a little bit refreshing because I'm not doing the same thing every day, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. And Seems like Tuesdays. a nice, yeah, because you get to change your environment, mm-hmm. co-workers, I don't know, you can, yeah. you, it's yeah, very refreshing. It, it is. It's probably a lot of work still, but. Yeah. <laughs> you and then take a we little... have Tuesday, my husband and I have Tuesdays off together. That's, that's good. So yeah. you can do some things yeah. and just enjoy life. Yeah. Um, so now that your twins are growing older, what valuable life lessons have you learned from them and how was the experience shaped you just as an individual? Yeah. I mean, I think I just have to go back to that word of patience. I'm trying to learn more patience, um, with them. And I think that, um, I also, because I am so organized and I am such a planner, um, I need to lower my expectations a little bit about what happens when things don't go the way that I envision them, which I have done a lot better with lately. Um, you know, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, and I think because they're so different, um, that kind of, I think I need to work on, you know, lowering my expectations in regards to, I don't know, performance and completion of things and tasks and Hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think you were, 
I guess that's a big word I hear a lot since I moved to the U.S. Productive. Do you think you're more or less productive since you had kids or something like that? No, I'm pretty productive. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, I'll get stuff done. Yeah, and, and that's actually really interesting, too, because, um, you know, my husband and I parent differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We talked about this the other night that it works for us because we have a common goal. So this might be what needs to get done and I might go straight to that thing and get a few other things done at the same time. And he might go in circles, but that thing will get done. It just gets done differently. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah, I think so. So you guys have a common goal. Right, that yeah. you guys want to reach, mm-hmm. but you have completely different method to get there. For the for something, and yeah. what I'm very curious because personally, me when my husband does something in a different way that I was initially thinking, it's gonna bother me. Mm-hmm. Can, are you? Do you guys find a way to accommodate for each other way of doing things? Yeah, I think the the best way I can try and describe it for us is. Um, a day at home with the kids for him looks very different than a day at home with the kids for me. Mm. And so if I, and this, this was a little, this was more prevalent when they were younger. Um, but if I've worked all day and I'm coming home and he knows that the house is a disaster, he will tell me ahead of time. (laughs) Okay, so there's still Just a little so prep you know, talk. Okay. Yeah, I know oh, okay. the house is a mess, but it doesn't mean I didn't do anything today, right? It, okay. You know, I was busy with the kids. I this, that, and that. Great. I clean as I go. So if I yeah, have a I'm, day at home with the kids, mm-hmm. um, I'm cleaning as I go. But this is the other difference, which I remember him saying this to me pretty vividly. Um, he's a one. He is the world's best dad in my in my eyes, far above what my dad was. And um, you mean emotionally? Presence. Um, play, imagination, um, very involved just time. Yeah. He, he's, he is, when he's with them, it is all about them and he does whatever he can and wants to so that they have fun together, which is wonderful. If, if, and when that's the case, I don't care if there's dishes in the sink, that'll take me five minutes. That's fine. It only takes that, you five minutes. Well, Okay, you need to give me the tips right here. <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying is the the chaos the and yeah. that that mm-hmm. like comes with them just having a great day. None of that's worth it. I love you know it. what I mean? I love this. And I on the other hand, and this was like I said, more prevalent when they were younger and they were just home all the time, but I didn't give them my un a, 
undivided attention. I would be doing laundry and cleaning the kitchen and meal prepping while also trying to do a craft with them, but I wasn't giving them my full attention. And he has always been way better at that than I have. That's a that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sometimes we want things to you know be cleaned and proper and everything, but to, we're taking things away from t- yeah. present time. That's yeah. a very and good point. And at the end of the day, it's. It's e- now it's easier for me to just do all that stuff later um, so that I can spend more time with them. So I've tried to evolve in that, but mm. he has always had way more patience with them and can manage all of those things um, in regards to just giving them his undivided attention. And I don't know if some of that him having more patience is because he had multiple siblings or I don't know, but he just has a lot more patience than I do. That's, that's very good. Yeah. Uh, that is very good. And I really feel like you guys have a very good relationship in the sense that you guys understand mm-hmm. what the other can bring to the table yeah. and how you guys distribute. Well, the balance, what yeah. uh, the other one, I don't like the word lag, but mm-hmm have less of I, yeah. I really love it and just accept you know uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not the best cleaner but hey you know yeah. I love it yeah. um let's talk about <laughs> the topic the next topic I don't know how to uh, uh I mean I'm just going to talk about it it's family issues we all have it uh it's like this closet of things we never know how to put uh you know I, I don't know in every f- houses I ever go to there's always this basket of things You know, those small items mm-hmm. that you don't know how to put away. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sometimes family life as well, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know how things fit sometimes properly. Yeah. This is a very weird segue. But I want you to tell me, like, do you have any complex uh, in, in your family, like as in terms of issues that uh, you've addressed and perhaps resolved in your past when you... Yeah, during your parenting journey that may be, and I'm just giving you an example, right? That may be uh, discovering your parents as grandparents and how it went or just, uh, well, you know, more fights with your spouse, right? Mm-hmm. We had a lot of kind of life-changing things happen. Um, so my dad passed away a couple weeks before the girls turned three. Um, and he... Um, He would watch them one to two days a week for us. He was a big, big part of their life. He was a better grandparent than he was a dad. Um, That's often the case. Yeah. And I mean, I was very, I was a daddy's girl. I was very close with my dad. But he, um, he would have done anything for them. And um, when that happened... Um, one of our daughters was very emotional, cried all the time, bring, she would bring him up all the time and the other one never talked about it, but she reverted backwards about six months in development. That particular daughter was very close to my dad. They just had this bond. Whatever he did, she did. Whatever he ate, she ate. He was working on potty training her. Um, Wow. They were just the best of friends. And so she 
how she dealt with it, I think, is that she just kind of went backwards a little bit in regards to some of that development that they kind of shared together. Uh, I one might have been a couple years later. We made the decision between um, our, my family, uh, the four of us, and then my mom, um, that we would uh, move into my family home and that she would downsize uh, because the house that I grew up in that she still lived in was big for one person. Um, and so we lived in Santa Rosa. My, my parents lived in Sebastopol and we always knew we wanted to, we wanted our kids to go to this. We wanted them to go to school in Sebastopol. So we made the decision before kindergarten for us to move into the family home. So we took over my parents' house. So then the girls had, you know, they had their grandparent die. We had a couple pets pass away suddenly. And then we moved. Um, so they had kind of a lot of life things that happened. And then when we moved, uh, we were doing construction. So the four of us lived in our living room with uh, like three walls and our only heat was our fireplace. And so we were living in hotels for a little while. And so there was a lot of things going on. Um, Prior to moving to Sebastopol, um, might have been year five, uh, five, six of, of our marriage, and um, we kind of just hit like a hard spot, you know? One of us is going this way, one of us is going this way. We want to be together, but we're not really sure how to make that mm. work. Um and so it took a lot of um, talking and time and um, trying to kind of fit some pieces together that were missing for both of us and trying to come up with strategies to make us stronger and move forward. Um, and I think what we kind of narrowed it down to was like physical and emotional health. Um I was very big into running and exercise and eating right. And he hadn't kind of jumped on that train with me yet. And I really wanted that for us because I was doing all of that by myself. You wanted to share that as a common mm -hmm. activity, right? Yeah. yeah. And to... so he ran a race with me and then he wanted to run another race with me. <laughs> and then <laughs> he wanted to pick a longer distance. And then he wanted to run a marathon with me. And so that kind of... Um, along with other things, but that kind mm. of has helped to bring us, we're now year eight of our marriage. And um, I think we would say, and even all of our friends would say we're the strongest now than we probably even were when we That's were dating. So what, what really, so did you actually went through all those conversations And solved all those issues by yourself, or did you get additional support? So I I went to therapy uh, for myself off and on, um, but we actually did not go to any therapy together. So you did it mm -hmm. all by yourself, without arguing? That, yeah, for the most part. That is pretty impressive. 
Maybe yeah. you should write a book about yeah. it. We're um, we're very good at communicating with each other. Okay. And so I had to learn how to stick up for myself and say the things that I wanted rather than kind of just backing down and being like, yeah, okay, if that's what works, that's what works instead of speaking up for myself. So me going to therapy, I used some of that, mm. um, but we didn't go to therapy together. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Good job. Not Good that, job. and we could have, but we just didn't. Yeah, you yeah. you just figure it out on your own. Yeah, um, that's great. The um, so thank you very much for sharing this. Yeah. Um, I want to know now, looking back, is there any advice you'd like to give to yourself and your spouse, obviously, uh, as a new parent of twins? And what would you say to parents who might have? going through, you know, similar struggles, similar joys, similar everything related to uh, fraternal twins or twins, right? Yeah. Um, ask for help, even if it's something small. Um, I used to try to just do it all, and then I would really get burnout. Um, establish a routine that works for your family unit. doesn't have to just be you. Um, and then, um, find those people that you can talk to, you know, um, it, it was always, it, it was always interesting and it still is. And all of my friends would, um, back me up on this, but, um, I've always been very honest and I will tell you how it is when it comes to, um, certain parenting questions or advice and stuff like that. But I always preface to my friends that it's different for me because I have twins. So I will tell you what I did, but it might not work for you. Um, none of my friends have twins. So, um, I still would have some of my closest friends that had kids after me come to me and be like, I know you're going to tell me the truth, so tell me what happened when you did this or something like that. Um, but I didn't really have anyone to ask those questions to um, because all of my friends had one kid. So if I had a question... I had to be really picky about who I asked and how I asked it because most of the people that I could talk to, um, I didn't feel like their answers were relatable to me for some things. Um, and so since then, um, we've had a few people close to us have sets of twins. And I always say to them, I will never overshare, but if you have any questions... I'm here to help you um, because I didn't have anybody. Um, and so, yeah, I think just talking to nice. people mm. and asking for help. Yeah, offering help too yeah. in return. Yeah. I think I really love that. Um, so we're going to do a, something a little different tonight. Uh, so you have two daughters. They're six and a half. Mm-hmm. So I want you to think about you and connect to this six-and-a-half-year-old little girl that you were. Mm -hmm. And what would you tell her? 
I would tell her, you are perfect the way that you are and not to let um, social influences try to change how you were created. I mostly mean that in regards to physical appearance because I did everything I could to change the way that I looked because I got made fun of for certain things that were not cool when I was a kid. And so I straightened my hair. I begged my parents for braces to close my gap. I covered my freckles in makeup. Um, and I regret all of those things. And so I tell my daughters every day that they're beautiful the way that they are because they have features that are different. And I want them to embrace that. And so, um, you know, they watch me get ready and they watch me put on makeup. And I only wear makeup when I go to work. Um, and that's just for me. I don't have to. But I tell them that. I tell them, you don't need makeup to be beautiful and you don't have to dress a certain way and you don't have to straighten your hair um, that you're beautiful the way that you are. I don't do a lot of negative self-talk in front of my kids. So if, if I am feeling self-conscious about myself, I don't ever let them hear that or see that um, because... I just want them to love who they are. So that's what I would tell them, that you're perfect the way you are and you don't need to change anything just because someone thinks differently of you. Hmm. Wow, that's, um, yeah. that's very beautiful advice. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think, I really think that your, uh, two daughters are really lucky to have you and your spouse as their parents. So thank you, thank you for coming tonight. Yeah. I really love talking to you, getting to know you better and just have you share your life with us. It, yeah. I think it's amazing. So thank you so much. Of course. Hope you thank had you a, a fun time with yeah. me as well. Thank you. <laughs>